Hello and welcome back to Podcast Interference. And this week we will be bringing you our top 12 wide receivers to draft and our top six tight ends. And I'm joined as ever by Mr. Jack Dixon. How are you doing today, Jack? I'm very good, thank you, Connor. Uh, 10 days, two hours to go, so I'm, I'm buzzing. Oh, so you're not counting down the <laughs> hours then? Not at all. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. We've uh, just come off the back of, well, it's my first draft of the year. It's your sec- uh, second or third, I think. Third, yeah. Um, yeah, so that was that was quite exciting. Uh, highlights of which include Lamar Jackson falling to me with uh, the eighth pick of the seventh round, which still annoyed about that. About. <laughs> yeah, but then you went and stole Jalen Hurts from me, so I yeah. guess we're even. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're, we're we're getting back into it now. It's nice that the drafts are, are starting and happening again, and we can all look forward to uh, to the season kicking off as well. Oh yeah, hundred percent draft draft times. Um, I mean, I absolutely love it. I think I've got six in the next two weeks, and I'm you know each one gets us a little bit close to the season so yeah i'm loving it it does um well i guess we better start i suppose there's one kind of significant one significant piece of injury news that we should probably address and that's uh jk dobbins um i believe in acl tear um so he will be out for the season which is uh quite a devastating blow for the for the yeah. ravens yeah massive blow to them he was going to be i thought one of one of their breakout stars this year I know you were quite high on him as well. Obviously, that vaults Gus Edwards up most people's yes. boards, but for those people who've already drafted and and took Dobbins, you do you do feel bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean the last the last preseason game um, it is a harsh thing yeah. to lose your prize running back, but he shouldn't have been on the field in my opinion. You know he's a good player; he doesn't really need that experience now. Completely he's been agree. in the NFL for a year. He should have. He should have been on the bench, or he should have just not even been there. So it's, yeah, it's a, uh, it's that old old lesson, isn't it? Really, that preseason is preseason. It's not. It doesn't have any bearing on the uh, yeah. on the official rankings of your team. So um, it it's just a sad sad thing for the whole Ravens offense, really. And as you say, Gus Edwards will probably gobble up some of those uh, snaps and will shoot up the draft board. But for people who have already been and drafted it's uh it's a bit of a kick in the teeth because he'll have been going in sort of the second third round for a lot of people yeah and most uh, in the drafts i'd done prior to his injury um yeah a lot of people were taking him yeah third round so it's you know to waste a third round pick and then like you said on a on a nothing pre-season game to lose your third round pick is you know i'd be fuming yeah yeah well fortunately he wasn't in our top 12 lists so that we don't need to rejig those too much um but he was definitely kind of, you know, only a few picks after that. So it's, uh, yeah, big, big shame for anybody who who uh, who owns him, and obviously for the guy himself. You know, it's it's his second year. Yeah. I'm sure he'll have been wanting to make a, a big impression, and I think he he was building to one as well. That the way he ended last season was fantastic, and it's it's a sad thing for the guy uh, to you know get this far and then suddenly be held back. But it's uh, it's the nature of the game, I guess, is that injuries like that, that can is. happen. Yeah, well, we'll move on to brighter things, I suppose, and we'll uh, we'll get kicking off with our top 12 wide receivers, and then we'll move through our top six tight ends, because to be quite frank, after the sixth tight end, there's not, it's kind of a level playing field after that point, there's there's not much of a difference, uh, so we'll, uh, we'll start with our number one overall wide receiver, and I'll allow you to begin, Jack. Okay, you want me to go first? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's. I was saying to you the other day that the top three are, are fairly close. I would imagine we might have them different slightly, but I've got I've got Tyreek Hill at one, 
Okay. Um, um, I think it'll be close again between him and Devonte Adams. Um, obviously Adams was the one last year with his, but I think I think the eighteen touchdowns will come down a little bit, and that's why I've got Hill slightly in favour. Should we say? Yeah, uh, Hill is my number two, and I've I've gone for Devonte Adams as, uh, as, as my number one. Um, I just given that we now know that Aaron Rodgers is back mm-hmm. uh, with the Packers, it, it takes away that uncertainty that uh, he's going to have a good year, I mm-hmm. think. You know, he was the number one last year. I don't see any reason why he can't be the number one again this year. Um, 18 touchdowns is, you know, it is a feat for a wide receiver. It's not bad at all. Uh, you know, 1,374 yards, uh, 115 receptions. It's it, They're all great stats. And I think given that uh, Aaron Rodgers is probably not playing with the Packers again after this year, uh, and Adams himself may not be too, I think they're probably going to want to go out with a bang. This is you know the last time that they're guaranteed to play with each other. They obviously have excellent chemistry the way that they've been playing. Uh, and I just I can't see that going away this year. I think this is... This is it. I think uh, the Packers are going to want to try and go for it while they can. So I'm hoping that he has an absolutely standout year and he is the number one overall. Interesting that the draft that we've just had, you took uh, Hill first and I took Adams first. That so is it seems very, we, very we, we are both happy with our choices <laughs> there. Uh, I'm assuming that Adams is your number two. Yeah, Adams is my is my clear two. Like I said, I think that I think the touchdowns will come down slightly, but like you said, the, the stat line he put up last year, you've got to remember, was only in 14 games as well, which is is just crazy. Um, he, like you said, the chemistry he's got with Aaron Rodgers, he's he's basically the only weapon they've got on the receiving end as well. Um, of that caliber anyway I think the reason I, I, I just prefer Hill slightly is it, just the explosiveness I mean the game where he went off for 200 odd yards in a quarter is, is just crazy he's, yeah. he's got 20 touchdowns of over 40 plus yards um, I believe that's in the last six years which obviously by a way leads the league Yeah, uh, and with Mahomes thrown to him I just yeah that's slightly ahead but I reckon they'll finish within bar an injury they'll finish within five six points of each other yeah, I, I agree. So that's our one and two. Um, again, kind of starting off like we did with our running backs, we just <laughs> seem to be swapping swapping one player for the other, uh, but they are very close rankings. So my number three is Stefan Diggs. Um, yes, I'm, I'm not sure whether you've chosen yeah. the same. Yeah, yeah Stefan. I, I just think with the Bills offense, he's obviously moved from the Vikings mm-hmm. where he was, you know, in 2019, I think he was 24th overall PPR. Um in 2018, he was 10th overall, so he had a good year that year. Then we go back to 2017, he was 19th overall. So he, he was kind of teetering between sort of mm-hmm. 25th and, and sort of 10th place with the Vikings. Now he's gone through to the to the Bills. He is Allen's favourite target, which oh, yeah. just has, you know, Allen has obviously had a huge step up in, in ability. He likes to he's, sling it. He's incredible now. And I think there were a lot of question marks around his ability in, in years gone by, but now he's kind of cemented himself as, as an excellent quarterback and probably a top two quarterback, arguably. Oh, yeah. Um, especially where fantasy is concerned. And and obviously to be in that upper echelon, you have to have a wide receiver who's benefiting from that uh, that production. And that, that wide receiver is Stefan Diggs, who is himself an incredibly talented player. Um, but I mean, even with his relatively low number of touchdowns last year, mm. uh, the number of uh, targets and receptions, targets 166, receptions 127, you know, that's that's already a, a lot of points there. Then you go over to 1,535 receiving yards. He's, yeah, he's 
he's a production machine. He yeah, uh, he, really he moves around a lot, and he's he, as I say, he's the favourite target. So he's again in a really prime position to to take over as uh, one of the maybe even the top wide receiver this year. But I do have him as three. I do think that Hill and Adams have a slight better chance, but. If you told me that Stefan Diggs was the number one wide receiver of 2021, be I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, completely agree with your points. Like, he had a crazy good season last year, you know, played all 16 games. And I think I think the big, the big thing you touched on was that I do think the touchdowns will go up. I, I, yeah. I don't think he'll stay in single digits this year. You know, another a second year, a second off-season under his belt with Allen again. I, I can't see it not being double-digit touchdowns. So, yeah, he's the he's the clear three. And like I said, I think the top three, I think, is pretty much set in stone for me, bar an injury. Yeah. Who is your number four, then? So my number four, and I, I, I absolutely love this guy. Um, frustrated that couldn't draft him today, but I absolutely love his DK Metcalf. I've got a four. Okay. Um. I think I like Russell Wilson. I've got him as my QB in Dynasty. I think he's reliable. I think his interceptions come down this year, and I think most of the targets go, hopefully, Metcalf's way. I know they've got Lockett as well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, 83 for 1,310 last year. I think he can quite easily be sort of a 100 reception guy. And, he, he, you know, he averages close to 16 a catch as well, which is just mental. Um, the other thing that I think stops this season is last year he did have five drops of at least fifteen plus yards, hmm. um, which I, I think that stops. So I think his I think his numbers go up, and I think he's he's definitely a top five receiver next year. Yeah, well, I wouldn't disagree with you. I think he he can definitely enter the top five. For me, he just misses out. He's number six for me, mm-hmm. um, with my number four being Calvin Ridley. Okay, yeah. Um, I, I do think Calvin Ridley's in a prime position to just take over now, especially now that uh, Julio Jones has moved on. You know, he is he is the main man in that offense, really, uh, with obviously Russell Gage. I, I quite like him, uh, but he's not, not anywhere near the sort of sort of breakout candidate that, that no, Ridley is. God, well, no. I say breakout candidate, he was fifth in PPR last year, so he's already <laughs> proven his, his mettle, but um, I do think that he's, with that extra share of targets coming his way, I can really see him putting up the numbers. I know that we obviously have Cal Pitts to think about now, mm. who is practically a wide receiver over a tight end anyway, but he is still a rookie. He is still learning the ropes. Uh, whereas Ridley's obviously, he's got uh, three years experience now. So he is mm-hmm. he is becoming uh, a more experienced player, uh, a more commanding player. And I think that he can put up those numbers. He had uh, 143 targets last year, which is a big increase on... The previous two years, uh, where he was got where he got ninety three and ninety two, mm-hmm. uh, and his catches again, so that's ninety catches last year compared to sixty three and sixty four the years prior. So uh, that obviously leads to more yards, thirteen hundred and seventy four, not a bad number there. And it's his uh, his yards per car- per catch as well. You know, he's 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 putting up a lot of yeah. fifteen yards every time he catches players. the ball yeah. uh, on average, which is you know that's a first down every time. So he's he is a talented guy. Um, so I, I'm hoping to see him uh, kind of rise to mm-hmm. to prominence and maybe take that number four position and not prove me wrong. Yeah, I mean, like yeah, I'm pretty much on board as well. I've got Ridley at five, so I wasn't too far away. Um, same reasons you said, you know, no Julio. The Falcons over the last three years are second in pass attempts, so they do like to sling it. I can't see that changing. 
So, like you said, targets will go up, receptions will go up. Um, he's now the clear cut number one. So, yeah, I think he'll have a, I think he'll have a massive year. Yeah, I certainly hope so. Um, so we'll move on to number five, who was Calvin Ridley for you, I believe mm-hmm. you said. Uh, so for me, it was DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, okay. Uh, was my number five. Um, I, I think this is more because I, I like the guy, and he's been on my team, quite a few of my teams in the past, and. He's never truly let me down. Um, so so I'm quite high on him, and I always have been. But he's just consistent. He He's yeah. moved to a new offense, and he's remained consistent. And I think that's a key trait, as I've said before mm-hmm. on this podcast, the key trait of, of decent fantasy players for me is consistency because you need to rely on them week in, week out. You know, he was fourth overall uh, in PPR last year. He was fourth overall the year before. He was second overall the year before, and then he was first overall the year before that. So he's he's got a slight decline there, but it's mm-hmm. only a decline from you know top overall, you know complete wide receiver to fourth overall complete wide receiver. So it's not, yeah, not a huge not drop off. Yeah. Um, and you know he's he's had a year in uh, in Arizona now, so he's you know he's got more used to the offense. He's more than likely got better chemistry with Kyler Murray now. Um, you know, AJ Green's entering, so he should pull a few defenders off him a little bit, maybe give him some more space. Mm-hmm. Who knows? I mean, AJ Green is pretty old now, but <laughs> yeah. he's, he's, he's still, still got a, a bit left. He's still a talent. Yeah. Um, so, so I think he might be in for a good year this year. And he's, you know, he got a lot of targets last year uh, 160 targets, which is just absolutely insane. Uh, and he got 150 rece- 115 sorry, receptions, which is kind of joint most of his career so that level of production is obviously a really promising sign as well so i think he can put up the numbers and i think he can kind of potentially reclaim his crown as uh, you know a top three top top four wide receiver if he has a good year if he doesn't have so good a year i can't see him dropping below top 10 anyway so i think he's mm-hmm. a really solid wide receiver with a good floor and a very high ceiling yeah yeah i mean like i, I wouldn't again wasn't too far behind i've got him at six um, obviously the reasons you just just discussed are massive, but I think you know he didn't have many touchdowns last year either. I think that I think he gets more than six this year. Like you said, another season with yeah. Murray, another off season with Murray. Um, like you said, they've got a little bit more talent now, and I mean he he just catches everything no matter the coverage. He's, he's he is almost unguardable. I mean the hail Mary play last year. Oh, it was beautiful. Like some I of the that... yeah. Were we playing each other that year and didn't it? Were we playing each other in Dynasty? I think we might have been. You know. with that? I think I we might know. have been. Oh no, it, it wasn't Dynasty. I think it was one of the standard leagues I was in. Um, I was I was losing until that until play. That, that play won me the week. And uh, yeah, it was just fantastic. And I think a lot of players uh, who had Hopkins that week felt the same way as me. You know, it was all was, all was lost. And then a, a whopping 10, 10 or 11 points in one throw just came, comes in. It's uh, And that's what he gives it's you. It's beautiful. That's what he gives you. He, he can catch everything. His hands are absolutely massive. The targets are there. They're not going anywhere. Yeah, the touchdowns go up. So like like you said, I think he, he could finish as the as top three, but I think, at, you know, at worst, like you said, six, seven or eight. Yeah. Yeah. He's a great player. So our top six seems to be made up of the same players. Uh, oh, so got, we'll move on to... Oh, you got DK Metcalf, Metcalf six. was yeah, uh, sixth for me. So I guess we move on to number seven. Do you want to take this one? I will, yeah. So yes, kick us off at number seven. Uh, he had a fantastic little year last year. Came out of nowhere. I think a lot of people hiring him. I've got Justin Jefferson at seven. So have I. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, um, I'll allow you to explain the reasons. We're probably very much aligned um, with this one. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, for for a rookie to put up you know eighty eight catches, fourteen hundred, sixteen yards a catch, nearly uh, seven touchdowns. You, you know, he, he looked like a pro from from day one. He was he was absolutely incredible last year. I yeah. think he's definitely the number one option for Minnesota now. Um, as much as I do love Adam Thielen, Jefferson's he's younger. He's he's on a different level already. Um, and I'd be happy to to draft him anywhere. He's amazing. Yeah, he really is good. And and as you say, I think he works well in tandem with Thielen as yeah, well. He's not. He does. It, it's almost like he hasn't made Thielen a worse player necessarily. Thielen's not the wide receiver one anymore, but he's still a very strong wide receiver too. And I think. The pair of them are, are great teammates and, and they do work well together. Jefferson is just, yeah, as, as you say, he came out of nowhere. I don't think anyone predicted he would do as well as he did. And uh, he's just a he's just a great player to watch as well. If nothing else, mm-hmm. it's nice to be rooting for him when you're watching him on red zone rather than crying when you see him uh, take take the, <laughs> take the ball all the way down to uh, to the end zone. So, um, yeah, he's, he's also my number seven. With my number eight being AJ Brown. Snap. Same. Yeah, I'm glad we're I'm glad we're on the same wavelength. <laughs> uh, so yeah, AJ, AJ Brown. I think he's. I mean, it's it's somewhat um, sad that he missed the entirety of the preseason, really, because it would have been nice just to sort of see mm-hmm. what sort of uh, fitness level he's at and how he's how he's playing. But at the same same token, you also get your injuries like J.K. Dobbins, so maybe it's a good thing <laughs> that he wasn't able to play the whole whole uh, whole season. But I think with him leading that uh, wide receiver core over at the Titans, uh, he's he's definitely in for a, another good year this year. I think he's going to be one of mm. well, he is Tannehill's favorite target, so I can't see him not retaining that status. To be honest, I guess you do have Julio Jones going over there now, which mm. I think that's why he's. I've knocked him down from sort of. I probably would have had him maybe at sixth or seventh. I think I've knocked him down to eighth due to the fact that Julio Jones is is now there to maybe take some targets from him, but. You know he's young, uh, Tannehill, as we were saying in the in the podcast before last. He is an underrated, oh yeah, massively uh, underrated player, and I think people sort of don't really appreciate how good Tannehill is, and and how many how how many stats you <laughs> saw so the the extent of the stats that he has. He is really good at, at putting those numbers up. So, um, you know, to do that, he does need to have a decent wide receiver who's uh, who's mm. bringing in those targets, and AJ Brown is is that guy. So. He's my uh, number eight for that reason. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree with everything. He's a, he's a big play guy, 17.4 yards a catch, which is mental in his first two it's years. It's, it's great, crazy. Yeah. Nearly, you know, 20 yards a catch is crazy in the NFL. Um, and the play, the, the touchdown plays he makes, I mean, the one last season where he drags about six Baltimore defenders into the end zone is just crazy. <laughs> he's absolutely huge. And yeah, although Julio is there, obviously they have also lost Corey Davis and John o. Smith, so I think it's sort of... You know, it kind of balances out, and I think they'll be a, a pretty sick duo. But I think Brown, you know, he's younger. I think he comes out on top and definitely finishes in top ten. Yeah, I agree. So number nine, number nine. So another. This is a obviously. I don't know whether this one might be a bit of a stretch, but another another second year player. I've got C D Lamb at nine. Uh, okay, he's in my number ten. No, oh, he's you know. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, he was he was phenomenal last year. Not quite on Jefferson's level in terms of numbers. But I think he, he really showed some in the in the catches he he made, and that wasn't with you know Dak Prescott coming back. So I can't see, given that he put up nine hundred yards and five touchdowns last season with Dak back, 
the offense is going to be better in general. I think he surpasses, you know, Cooper as the number one option for Dak. Um, and I think he has a, a quality second season. Yeah, well, I think if he does, if he does take that wide receiver one title, then yeah, I can definitely see him uh, putting those numbers up. As I say, he's he's in my top ten uh, for that reason, and he's another player who's quite enjoyable to watch as well. So it'll, it'll be good to see him do that. But my number nine is uh, a bit more of a a bit more of an old veteran, <laughs> uh, someone who's been in the game a little bit longer. Who uh, you know, he's he's he he knows the ropes. He's he's got a, a brand new quarterback behind him who's proven flashes of uh, magnificence and that is of course uh, is it oh, Mr Keenan Allen yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's man number 10 <laughs> yeah he's 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 just great he's such a good player and he's he's similar with his sticky fingers it's it's nice to see him sort of hauling in those <laughs> tricky catches and uh, I think I think that the way um, the way that Justin Herbert kind of broke out last year has given Allen a new lease of life, you know. Although he's with the same team, yeah. he is he is with a new quarterback, so it does make a big difference. But he does have a great rapport with uh, with Herbert, and I think they're a great duo, to be mm. honest. And he is his favorite target. I mean, I am I am hoping that one day Allen is is supplanted by uh, some of the younger guys like uh, Josh Palmer, who I have stashed in dinner in my main <laughs> dynasty league, who I want to be. Uh, a great player one day, but given that Allen has the ability to be a, a top ten receiver, uh, I, I can't see him uh, struggling too hard mm. uh, this year to do the same thing. I mean, he did. He, he was fourteenth in PPR last year, which you know is a little way under under tenth. But the year before, he was sixth with uh, with his original quarterback, Mister Mister Rivers. But I think, given that last year was. It, it was it was the first trial yeah. really for for Herbert. Uh, Herbert's coming into this year with more experience. He should be you know have a better command of the offense now. He'll be more settled. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him in action. And obviously Austin Eckler is going to be a a, a nice uh, significant part of that offense as well now, which will you know help keep the defenses on their toes a little bit more. So hopefully uh, Alan Alan has a great season and doesn't have too many of his targets gobbled up by Eckler. Um, I'd probably have him higher if it wasn't Eckler in the uh, in the backfield just because yeah. Eckler is such a, a receiver. Um, he does gobble up some of those targets, but even even with Eckler, I think Alan is is a great is a great choice. Um, and I mean he got a, he got a career high eight touchdowns last year. So uh, who's to say he can't get more? Yeah, completely agree. And like you know, he, he got he's had th- three seasons out of the last four over a hundred catches. That's what you want in PPR. Last season he got hundred in just fourteen games as well. So you know, if he if he plays all sixteen, gets at least eight touchdowns again, then yeah, top top twelve guaranteed. Yeah, I I agree. So we'll move on now, I guess, to number eleven. Well, that's where it gets interesting. Do you want me to go? Uh, yeah, go for it. Got, yeah, I've got uh, Terry McLaurin, 11. Uh, okay, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, again, young player, um, proven flashes of, of brilliance. Not not a massive amount of numbers, like he only had four touchdowns last year. But again, with, you know, not amazing quarterback play, he put up 87 catches, 1,100 yards and four touchdowns. Um, I quite like Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think if he's there the entire season... McLaurin's going to see a, a mental amount of targets. Um, and, it, you know, he's a young player, plays all 16 games with Fitzmagic. I, I think he's going to do something pretty special. 
Yeah, I, I do agree. He doesn't quite make my top twelve, mm-hmm. but he's he he was close. Um, but no, he is he is definitely a player to keep an eye on. Um, and I do think he's going to have a good year this year. My number eleven was Alan Robinson. Mm-hmm. Um, he had he had well, he's had two good years. You know, yeah. ninth overall PPR, seventh overall. He gets he, he was getting a lot of targets. Obviously, he has a new quarterback now. Whether or not it's Andy <laughs> Dalton or Justin Fields, who knows to fingers crossed for Fields season, but. <laughs> The way Fields has been playing this uh, in these preseason games, oh, he, he looks very yeah, good. He looks the part. Um, I'm looking forward to watching him, to be honest. Um, and I think he can he can give this offense the boost it needs to to just elevate it a little bit. Because mm-hmm. let's be honest, the uh, the Bears haven't been the scariest um, as far as offensive. Uh, no, as well as <laughs> no, far as the offense is concerned, full stop. Really, I was going to try and be nice, but uh, it's just been gen- yeah. <laughs> generally not good. Uh, so to have a Bears player in the top twelve is is quite unusual. But I do think mm. that with Fields, uh, he's it's just going to take him to the next level. And yeah, he despite the fact that the offense around him hasn't been fantastic, he's remained consistent. Still, yeah, he's yeah. been a top ten option for the past two years, which mm-hmm. isn't something to be sniffed at. So I, I definitely think he can do that again. Uh, especially with Fields coming onto the onto the field. Uh, nice. Sorry, I'm making myself laugh there. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to to seeing how he does, and uh, hopefully, uh, stats of years gone mm. by can be can be replicated with a new quarterback. Yeah, I mean, it goes to his his credit that he's done so well. Like you said, with horrendous quarterback play in Chicago, um, he's, he's my twelve. So again, he made it into the top twelve. He's been consistent over the last two years, and whether it's with Dalton or hopefully Fields after a few weeks, I, I can't see it changing. He's, he's, yeah, he's very consistent, very good player. Okay, so I guess that's your top 12. That's me. Uh, done, so I will speak out and say who my 12th overall is. I'm excited for this one. Uh, it's, you might be surprised, but it's old, uh, old Bobby Trees, Mr. Robert Woods, is my 12th overall. And the main reason for that is because he gets Stafford this year, and I'm really excited for that. I think uh, yeah. I think that's going to elevate his uh, production. I think it's going to actually finally make him break out into potentially the top 10 if he's lucky. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the past three years, he's been a top 15 fantasy asset in PPR, which, you know, is, is great stuff, and that's... That's with Goff. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so, you know, if you that take Goff and, and upgrade him to Stafford, then there's no reason why he shouldn't be putting up bigger numbers now. I mean, he is he is one of the older uh, receivers. You know, he's got eight years in the NFL, I think it is now, which, yeah. which is quite a while. But, you know, having swapped out uh, Goff for, for Stafford, I can't see that not being a good thing uh, for this Rams offense. Obviously, they have lost acres, which, which does affect them uh, on the ground. But... Uh, hopefully, um, they'll just kind of handle that uh, while while Akers isn't around with kind of the bolstering of Daryl Henderson and well Sonny Michelle now who's, yep. who's moved over there. So that that will still mean that they are somewhat of a threat uh, on the ground, ground yeah. which which will hopefully give Woods more chances and, and Stafford more chances. And mm-hmm. I just think the way Stafford is built, he's just so, such a strong guy. You know, he yeah. he will take the punishment and keep him. going. I think I think that's going to inspire some confidence in the players around him, and, and hopefully it'll be a good thing for the for the offense as a whole to have one guy who's, you know, able to display that kind of level of commitment to the cause. So I'm hoping that Robert Woods is, uh, yeah, he's a, a top twelve asset this year, and uh, I think he's he's someone who 
quite a lot of people are fairly low on. So I think if if you are you can stay drafting him, yeah. you can probably grab yeah. him. Yeah, in the third, maybe fourth, fourth rounds, yeah, somewhat easily to be honest. So if if you see him about, I would definitely go for him. Um, yeah, so that's our top twelve uh, wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, is there are there any kind of notable uh, players that you would have liked to have included in the top twelve, but just got squeezed out? Is there anybody that you, you kind of think, think deserves an honourable mention? Yeah, I think. I mean, that's one thing to say. I think. I think if you are drafting, one thing. I mean, I'm sure Connor's noticed as well. Is there is, there is a lot of strong receivers this year. Um, you know, oh, yeah. guys we didn't mention, like obviously Woods, I didn't have in there. He'd he he just missed out. I like Cooper Cup as well as a PPR person. Tyler Lockett didn't get a mention. Neither are the books receivers. You got Evans, Godwin, um, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. All them could quite easily finish inside the top twelve. So the the bottom half of the list was very very close. Yeah, I agree, and I, I do think it is worth bearing in mind in drafts that, as as Jacks just said, there is such a such a depth to the wide receiver yeah. um, group this year that, that it's almost worth kind of waiting a little bit in a, in a way to draft some of them just because you do have much more choice kind of round 9, 10, 11 than you do when you're looking at running backs, for instance, who kind of dry up by round 6. You you do want to be kind of looking at, at your running backs as priority because, I I, I mean, I, I would be happy with, you know, drafting Tyler Boyd mm-hmm. and Russell yeah. Gage. You know, there, there are players there who... You know they will drop a long way. You know you could feasibly pick them up in the fifteenth round of of your drafts in some cases. Um, well, I guess that's with ten man. When you get to twelve, fourteen, it's a little trickier. But even still, uh, th- there's a lot of depth there. It's it's just ideal to target them. And one guy who I just feel like is going to have quite a good year <laughs> is Antonio Brown. And, oh. I, and I know that it's. <laughs> I, I know that it's controversial, but like the way that Brady throws that ball around, he's not, you know, he's he's quite he's quite generous with it. Really, yeah, he in spreads, a sense he that it's, it's in nice even spread. It's not too much on one player or another. So I think feasibly for a guy who is technically a wide receiver three, Antonio Brown is still a, he is still Antonio Brown. You do have to remember he is still a oh, huge talent. former number one receiver, isn't he? Yeah. Exactly, and and he is playing with, um, you know, one of the well, the greatest, arguably, quarterbacks to play the game. So you still have a lot of options later on for mm. for players who are probably still are going to receive the ball a fair amount. So although there are top twelve that you should probably target in the first couple of rounds, uh, don't worry too much if you can't get uh, too many shares of these players because yeah. there there are going to be plenty of go. other good options later. Uh, unlike with what we'll move on to now, which is the tight end position, where if you don't get a decent tight end, you're screwed. Uh, so we'll start with our tight end number one, who is for both of us, yeah. and I sincerely hope this is your tight end number one, Jack. Otherwise, you don't deserve to to have an opinion. Travis Kelsey. Yeah, of course, of course. I mean, you can't argue with it, can you? No. He's, he's Mahomes' favorite target. He's he's just even now in his in his kind of early 30s he's he's 31 now mm-hmm. he's still in his prime he's just come off a fantastic season he's been the titan number one in the past five seasons it's just, <laughs> just insane i mean that's gonna have to end at some point but and it won't be this, it won't this, be this season though me neither I, he's just too good like 11 touchdowns the most of his career last year he should be slowing down at this point the man's speeding up 
you know, 1,416 yards, 105 targets. Like, he's, yeah, he's just, he's he's a no-brainer choice. He's he's as good as the best uh, wide receivers out there, really. Well, yeah, I mean, like, he, he, he would have finished as the wide receiver three last year in fantasy, which is crazy. Just, it's just insane. Yeah, he's got to be your number one tight end on every single board. There is no arguments. He's had five straight 1,000-yard seasons, which for a tight end is just absolutely insane. Like Connor said, he's Mahomes' favourite target, and Mahomes is one of the better quarterbacks in the league. So I can't see, I can't see that. <laughs> well, that's been, that's yeah, been, that's been quite modest. modest. <laughs> I can't see that changing. And then, like even the gap from Kels to the others, although the others are very good, is is crazy. Yeah, he's he's an incredible player. He really is. I don't think there's much more to say about it, to be honest. Where <laughs> would you draft him? I guess is a good question. Um, I think for me, I. I know a lot of people slate him as a as a sort of first round mm-hmm. option. I think if you play in 12 14 man leagues, maybe the back end of the first round is is mm-hmm. actually a viable place to draft him given his ability. And and it would mean that as far as differentials are concerned, you you have such a good tight end. Yeah. Nobody else in the league is really going to come close. Maybe if Kittle stays healthy and has a great year and I do like Darren Waller, but Kelsey is probably going to be the king in that position and there's going to be a huge drop-off with everybody else. So as long as you can kind of get him towards the back end of the first, maybe the start of the second, and draft a decent running back as well, mm-hmm. I think that's a, it's a good tactic in my opinion just because you, you're given a strong start then with a, a solid tight end and a solid running back. Yeah, I think, yeah, drafting him back into the first, early second with a good RB makes perfect sense because you, you are getting just a hell of a player if he finishes like that as the quote-unquote wide receiver three again. Like we said, with the depth in the receiver position, you don't really need to be worried because you've got such a good player. So, yeah, back back end of the first, early second is, yeah, I'm happy to take him every time. Yeah, same. Um, unfortunately, that didn't happen today, but, no. you <laughs> no, know, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's a tricky one because he is... You know, everybody knows how he's good he is. Sought it's after, not, it's not really a secret, is no. it? It's kind of, his talent is just unrivaled. Um, so, behind Kelsey, uh, who would who would you take as the number two? Uh, and again, and again, the two and three. There's a gap from Kelsey, but two and three, I think, could be pretty much interchangeable. But I've, I've got a slight edge to Darren Waller this year. Yeah. Um, I, I I prefer his situation to Kills, and obviously Kill had a, an injury sort of ravaged last season. Um, we've seen what he can do, um, but I just prefer Waller's situation. I, I prefer Derek Carr to the 49ers quarterback situation. So, yeah, Waller slightly ahead, but it, again, it's very close. Yeah, I, I've I've swapped these two around a lot, and I think at the minute, <laughs> I'll, go, I'll, I'll, I'll side with you on this one, uh, Jack, I think, yeah. and I'll go with Waller as well, but that's just... If you ask me tomorrow, I might say Kittle. <laughs> I think the two guys are so close. I think Kittle coming off a kind of an injury-ridden season does does put a downer on his uh, on his ability mm-hmm. um, from a sort of perception perspective. Um, I think from as an outsider looking in, you're kind of like, hmm, he was injured last year. I might avoid him now. But yeah. Kittle is still fantastic. But I do think, as you say, Waller, he, he is the kind of primary... Uh, the primary spoke of the of the offense for for the Raiders, I guess he is a yeah. favorite target of Carr, and Carr is he's not he's bad. one of those guys. He isn't. No, he's. he's I think if you have him as a backup, I think you're pretty happy. Uh, if you have him as a starter, um, I think you'd probably be a little concerned. 
but um, he he does put up kind of solid. He puts up solid steady numbers, yeah. Numbers, um, and that in turn has has transformed Waller. Uh, you know, for the first few years of his career, he was you know first year down at. 99th overall <laughs> um, then then up to 59th in 2016 then didn't play 17 83rd 18 and then suddenly you get 2019 and he shoots up to third overall PPR and then he goes one step higher uh, in 2022 uh, to the number two position so I guess he didn't have Kittle as competition he might mm-hmm. not have been number two last year had Kittle been healthy but those two are just kind of fighting it out so I guess we all know who our number three choice is, uh, and that is yeah, George Kittle. George but Kittle. again, it's it's kind of injury dependent. I do get your point with the quarterback situation for the mm-hmm. 49ers. I'm really hoping that Lance takes over fairly soon. Um, me too. Yeah, I, I I like I like the look of him. I do think he's going to run it more, um, which which is going to again stretch the defense. So that'll be a good thing for for the whole team, I yeah. think. But again, it could could uh, sort of gobble up some of the tight sort of touchdown opportunities potentially mm-hmm. but um kittle is he is great and the key thing about waller and kittle especially from a dynasty perspective is to think about their age and they yeah. are they are younger uh than than kelsey is so uh they do have longer ahead of them in in the league uh i guess unless manager kelsey is just built different isn't he yeah he might still he <laughs> might be still be playing into his yeah. 40s <laughs> he might be fighting tom brady for like uh the kind of the age trophy um but but yeah, I do. I do think Kittle sort of lands at, at number three, and then I guess we get into kind of. There's a fair draw. I say I would say that those three are mm-hmm. probably sort of tier one yeah. uh, tight ends. I think if you got one of those three in your draft, you yeah. should be feeling pretty happy about yourself. Uh, and then we kind of get into sort of what I would probably call stage two tight ends um, with uh, with number four. Who I guess I'll let you go first, Jack, if you want to share who you think number four should be yeah and like like you said i think yeah this is definitely tier two but i think th- i think this guy could be tier one i've got kyle pitts at four yeah um i think it wouldn't shock me if he outperformed one of the either either the second or the third place tight ends um like we said with calvin ridley um atlanta do like to sling it um so i think he, he could quite easily go for a thousand yards this year i think it's just that the tight ends above her are so good as well and they've already done it that's that's the reason i think he's got to be below them at the minute but it, it would not shock me if he finished second or third that's how good i think he is yeah i i have him down at sixth but that's mainly because as you say he's not proven yet um mm. i think a lot of what we've heard about cal pitts is is and a lot of what we've seen is is from the college game we've not yet really seen him in the theater of the nfl so i think I do think a lot of people are very high on him, and I think yep. there's been a lot of kind of off-season hype uh, mm-hmm. that's kind of built him up for a lot of people as as this kind of semi-god. Um, <laughs> I mean, in in a way, I hope that he does prove prove people right, and you know, he is he is supposed to be the generational sort of tight end um, who, who's coming through as a rookie this year, but we still don't quite know how he's going to be just yet. Uh, and we do have to remember that he he is still his role is still tight end. He still should be blocking every so often. So um, we'll see if he he ends up being <laughs> transferred over to the wide receiver room at some point. But um, yeah, I think Pitts at six for me is just me being cautious mm-hmm. and, and kind of going with that. more more proven players, I guess. But I, I see no reason why he couldn't break mm-hmm. into the top three, as you say, if if he has a good season and he is everything people think he could be. Yeah. 
there's no reason why he's not going to be a top three asset. I guess he's a riskier pick who you'd probably want to take more near the sort of fifth round. Yeah, fifth uh, sixth right. round. Um, but I think any earlier than that, you've got to either be really high on him or you, you or you're just kind of struggling for a tight end and you want one pretty quick. <laughs> but I think if you have the confidence in him, by all means, go for him okay. higher than sixth. Uh, from my point of view, as you say, you've got him down as fourth. So. He he is one of those guys who he could be a bust, but he quite equally could be a, a sensation and, and win quite a few championships for people. Um, so number four for me was uh, TJ Hawkinson. Mm, yeah. Um, I think given that, uh, well, I guess he's he is another guy who's kind of heading into a slightly different situation. I think the Lions yeah. team this year is very different to the Lions team last year. He did come fifth last year. Um. He now has Goff as his quarterback, which is oh, somewhat God. of a downgrade. But the uh, they, they have lost quite a few of their the kind of older veterans, haven't they? The Lions, the the mm-hmm. a much newer, fresher team. So I guess he will be somebody who could be called out as a as a main uh, sort of target. He is, you know, his his competitors really are sort of Brashad Perryman, uh, Tyrell Williams, and, and maybe Armand Rasen Brown if he kind of breaks through and is is played at the, at the kind of top level. So yeah, with with kind of competition at, at that qual of that quality, I, I think Hawkinson is is in line for quite a few targets as a you know as a good player and as as somebody who can be relied upon. Uh, you know when when the going gets tough. So mm. I, I think he he's going to land up quite high this year. So I'd be quite happy taking Hawkinson in sort of the fifth sixth round to be honest. Um, if if I was desperate for a tight end, yeah, no, I mean, I'd, yeah, I had I had Hawkinson just behind just behind Pitts at five. Um, on a quality season last year, you know, sixty seven receptions, seven twenty three, and six touchdowns. Which, when you compare to Kelsey, is garbage. But you know, that's that's still a solid season for a tight end. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't I don't love Jared Goff, but like you said, he's he's not in a bad spot where I still think he'll see a, a decent amount of targets. The only thing I would make the case for with regards to, to Pitts, say, versus Hawkinson is, you know, Pitts, to me, has a much higher ceiling. You know, there's no way Hawkinson's going for a 1,000 yards, whereas I think that is genuinely possible with Pitts. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, I think his ceiling is definitely lower than Pitts' ceiling is, to be fair. Um, so, yeah, maybe I would tweak that, that rank based upon that, but I do think, I yeah. Definitely, definitely something to, to see see how they respond this year and how things go. I guess so. Your sixth pick and my well sixth overall, my fifth overall. I went for Mark Andrews yeah, at number five. Um, again, he's he's a guy who who puts up pretty good numbers, and yeah. you know he is a favoured target of Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Him. Yeah, even though Lamar doesn't throw it that often, he still <laughs> turned his tight end into he's a got to throw sort it of top six. <laughs> he has, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I do think f- from what I've I've read uh, and heard about sort of off season this year and, and training camp. They are trying to get Jackson to sort of look at getting more involved in the passing game. So that could put Andrew's numbers up. Um, mm-hmm. But just given that the the Ravens are very much a, a run first offense, yeah, uh, it does have me put him down a little bit below the other guys. Uh, but he is still number five for me, and I, I think I'd be pretty chuffed if I if I landed him to be honest, because I think he's going to do pretty well this year again. Yeah, no, yeah, completely agree. Uh, Jackson, Jackson loves him. He's, you know, he's been over seven hundred yards last two seasons, um, which you know for a tight end is is very very strong. Um, Jackson, like you said, doesn't like to pass it a, a ton. You know, he more, averages about three thousand yards passing a season. 
maybe with the injury of Dobbins, they're not as confident in Edwards. Maybe starts to pass a bit more. But yeah, and Andrews is always going to finish in top six. Yeah, I agree. So that's our uh, well, that's the last part of our our listing, really. Um, so we've gone through quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. Um, and I think I think if we look back on on quarterbacks and, and running backs, our, our listings probably haven't changed too significantly, to be honest. No, I don't so, think so. Yeah, if you're kind of setting up yourself for a for a draft shortly, I'd maybe have a listen to those two podcasts. Just have a listen to our ideas on on those two positions, but. Yeah, it's almost time for the season to begin. So um, most drafts, I think, will be happening sort of this weekend. So make sure you've uh, you've had a listen and you're you're sure on on what your draft strategy is. Obviously, the the deeper into the draft you go, the more complex it becomes. It gets so hard to choose who you want to pick at that point, just because there are so many options, especially at the wide receiver position this year. So it is it is much more difficult. Are, are there any kind of nuggets of advice or wisdom that you would you would like to share, Jack? Just about drafting in general, um, I think I think in general you you do. It seems easy, but you do just do your research because you know when you've only got you know two minutes usually say to pick your player, you, you don't want to be scrambling. Even if you'd list down your top sort of thirty at each position, just so if something happens untoward, someone goes crazy with a random pick and you're left reeling, you, you know where you're drafting. Uh, you don't want to panic pick. Um, doing your research really does help. You know, if I'm drafting, I know each pick like well in advance. And then if I've done my research, I know if someone gets taken, I know how I'm taken next. Yeah, yeah, it's great advice. And I think a lot of it comes down to who's available at the time. Um, you can't always predict it. Mock drafts no, are great no. to kind of get your head into it, but you don't know what's going to happen until you're actually sort of playing playing the game as it were um so so it's it's just a case of you're gonna have to try and think quickly on your feet if you can draft a list this this year i've tried it a little differently i've tried to get kind of a list of everybody who is sort of the top top 50 in each mm. position at a rough level yeah um aside from tight end just because it's so shallow <laughs> um just just so that i can kind of have a look at my list and see where people are because in the heat of the moment you can see a certain player name mm. and you can think oh yeah i definitely want to go with them but don't forget the research that you've you've undertaken before that point because although that player might be quite attractive to you in the moment you might have realized that somebody with quite a low adp who you have rated quite highly is just a little bit further down the uh, the drafting list than what you're expecting so make sure you keep an eye on on who's left um and do a few name searches because uh, i know a lot of systems it's it's kind of you just see a list of, yeah. of everybody <laughs> listed by adp and Some it's worth just spot checking sometimes yeah. just because adp is such a kind of arbitrary uh, statistic i mean it, it's good to rely upon uh if if you're in a bit of a bit of a bind and you don't know where to go it's nice to know what other people have done but to be a true <laughs> to be a true differential you obviously have to go out and find the players that you think are going to going to explode and that's often where kind of rounds 10 through 15 are important because if you've done your research and you know who you think is a likely uh kind of breakout candidate Mm -hmm. it's those breakout candidates that can win you your season Uh, so it's it's always good to have a few names in mind when you get to the kind of back end of the draft um but yeah i guess that's everything from us um i think our intention is to potentially have another podcast out just before the season begins just to preview the games coming up and uh, and and what we think to to the matchups and who we think are going to be likely breakout candidates in the first week. But this is kind of our 
last official uh, sort of preseason podcast. It's it, it's almost here. The season is literally Thank on the Lord. horizon now, <laughs> so we can actually start talking about games rather than the, <laughs> the, the possibility of games, which is going to be exciting. <laughs> Um, so just a quick reminder, we do have uh, a sort of a free giveaway where we're giving away an NFL jersey uh, belonging to a team of your choice. And you can find the details for that over at our Facebook page, which is just Podcast Interference. Um, yeah, it's completely free. So just go and enter. Um, you might end up winning the jersey. And uh, yeah, I guess that's everything from me. I don't know if there's any final thoughts from you, Jack. No, yeah, just like thanks everyone to listen for listening. I, I know we're really enjoying it. Like Connor said, enter the competition. It is it is a free jersey at the end of the day, so you've got no harm entering. Um, and yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you on the before season podcast. Yes, we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.